Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo will for you come Coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. (laughs) That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. (laughs) Just go with what you saw today. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. You'll be wrong often, but then you can just point back to when you were right. No one will remember. No one's listening. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Birds with Friends. It has been a little bit of time, but if there's one thing you can trust... With Birds with Friends, it's that when a major move goes down, we will be here for an emergency pod. And the most major move of the offseason, announced by the Eagles today, in an earth-shattering announcement, 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 the Eagles have renewed their partnership with Lincoln Financial Shield. How about that? I really had no idea where you were going with that. I'd been off Twitter for a little bit. I was wondering... If something had happened, I you know I know you well enough to know it was probably a joke. <laughs> uh, so I, I just didn't know what joke it was going to be. You know, we get these texts on a daily basis with the roster moves of guys who I didn't know were on the team mm-hmm. uh, b- being waived or released. But okay, uh, how dare you to poor yeah. Johnny Holton? Well, you know, yeah, I mean, too bad for them. Hopefully, they catch on somewhere <laughs> else. I don't mean to be insensitive, yeah. but I, I, I just DeAndre uh, Carter was one of those guys somewhere once upon a time. I know that's right. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yeah, so the Eagles sent out a, uh, an information that there was a major community announcement today. And uh, I'm not sure it was so major, but I guess we can just keep calling it the link. The link. Sounds good. There was a time when I was working for the Eagles when um, this was early in my tenure. I think I had just been hired full time. And uh, we were we were without a social media person. And so I, I was handling the Facebook duties in the interim. And there was a uh, similarly very, like, low-level community announcement or something, and they told me to plug it. And I, and I did something somewhat similar on the Eagles' Facebook, like, oh, stay tuned, we're, turn- we're going live at noon for a major announcement. <laughs> and I got, I got totally chewed out. Apparently, the, uh, the philosophy has changed. They want to go full-on with that now. Looking back, it's amazing that you ever worked for, like, the team entity. <laughs> Maybe that's why you are who you are now. You're just, like, letting loose. How many years were you there? Uh, six years. I mean, you were you were able at that time to uh, flex your creative muscles from time to time. Mm-hmm. But, man, you must have just had, like, uh, I'll have to ask, like, Fran or, or uh, C-Mac. You must have just been, like, letting loose behind closed doors constantly or just, like, going home and just ripping stuff because now – I would you know, say the Riley have... Cooper era was probably uh, was probably the height of <laughs> of of uh, being looked yeah. at for uh, the things I was saying during the workday. Yeah, I mean because now you have this freedom to really you know do whatever you want, and I feel like I still have to rein you in. And I don't so know I can... if that's oh, well. Yeah, if you say so. Well, only on the podcast, I would say not not usually in the written word. I suppose that's true. Okay. All right. Well, coming up on the show today, we do have a, a few uh, things to catch up on. 
So we'll do some bird on the street with some of the Eagles' recent roster moves, and then we will go through the roster position by position in a game or a segment we're calling Rooster Crunch to talk mm. about the roster. And then we'll answer your questions in uh, getting a bird in edgewise. So let's start with the... Uh, hold the, on, hold on. Okay. Are, are, you a fa- are you a fan of Cap'n Crunch? I am a fan of Cap'n Crunch. Do you like a soggy Cap'n Crunch? Uh, what, what I love most about Cap'n Crunch is that it is good, both very fresh, right in the milk, and very soggy. It is one of the few cereals that I think um, is just as good at both ends of the meal. I like a lot of cereal soggy, but yeah, soggy Cap'n Crunch, I feel like, uh, is elite. Okay, continue. I agree with that. What are okay. your, what are your, uh, what's your Mount Cereal Rushmore? Uh, I'm going to, I have to give that way more thought. Let's do that on the next pod. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We'll I'm do not the prepared ser- to answer we'll such the a serious draft. question. We'll do yeah. the cereal draft on the next pod. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, two signings for the Eagles. One a little bit more significant than the other. Uh, the more significant one, Zach Brown, the linebacker, most recently with Washington, signed for a year for uh, up to $3 million, reportedly. And then the Eagles also claiming former Rams safety kick returner Blake Countess, who is, of course, a former seventh-round pick of the Eagles. Uh, the Zach Brown thing, I mean, to, to call it major, is um, a misnomer. It's a one-year, $3 million deal, so those are your expectations. But I think it does address what was a, sort of a glaring hole, maybe the biggest hole that was at the top of the depth chart uh, for the Eagles. What did you make of, of the Zach Brown addition? Yeah, the one stat I kept putting out there was over the last three years, he's second in the entire NFL in tackles, which people are like, who? Wait, who is this? I've never heard of this guy. What's interesting uh, is that Zach Brown, like when he hit the book on him when he was coming out, was that he was this like super athletic guy who was afraid of contact. I, mean, I think he sort of turned that around and it's sort of become the reverse. So he's at least been, yeah, he's at least been a productive, uh, productive player there. Now, I did ask uh, Mark Bullock who does a uh, nice work for the athletic Washington and looks at the film for his more nuanced take mm-hmm. of Zach Brown. And let me, uh, let me read you some of the things he said here. He said he thought that Brown was their best inside linebacker, uh, very athletic, very rangy. He thought he's more of a four, three will that he's a guy kind of, kind of to what you just said that, Um, you know, he likes him as sort of a cleanup guy where, you know, he said Mason Foster did a lot of the dirty work in terms of, uh, you know, taking on blocks and Brown is at his best when he can just sort of run freely, uh, see the ball carrier, get after it and not have to kind of fight through a lot of, uh, trash or whatever you want to call it. So, uh, it will be interesting. We'll talk, I'm sure in a second about how he fits in, but that's how he saw it. Now he did say, that he thought Brown uh, freelanced a little bit or, you know, he's not the most assignment sound, not always in the right gap, that kind of thing. Oh, Jim and, Schwartz will like that. that. That's what I was going to say. That sort of explains probably why he's on, what, his, is it his fourth team in five years, At third least, team in yeah, four years, like whatever. That. Tennessee, uh, Buffalo, Washington, Eagles. R- right. So uh, maybe a little Michael Kendricks-ish was no, what okay. I thought. Right. What I thought when I, uh, when I read that um, in coverage, which – you and I both agree, even if some NFL teams do not, is sort of the most important thing with these linebackers. He said he lacks uh, some instincts in zone. He's better if it's just like, all right, it's man coverage. You got to cover this back on a wheel route. He said like that he can absolutely do with his great athleticism. If you're asking him to play zone 
which the Eagles obviously play a lot of zone, um, that he, he can get lost a little bit, which, you know, I, we probably this might be worth a post, I don't know, or maybe a longer discussion. But in that Saints game, um, you know, I know Nigel Bradham, there were some other guys who just – in zone, their kind of feel and instincts were totally off where they were uh, allowing some very big completions that should not have been completed if everybody was kind of uh, in the right place or uh, or doing their job a little bit better. So I thought that was interesting. And then I guess he's a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit outspoken. Uh, you know, we know Washington, what, they let DJ Swearinger go for whatever he said at the end of that. And Chris uh, Rising, the defensive coordinator, right? Right, and uh, and I guess when they claimed Reuben Foster last year, you know, Brown said something like the writing's on the wall or uh, voiced his displeasure a little bit. So maybe that oh, was a part. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so listen, guess... anti-Reuben Foster is a good place to good good place to be. <laughs> That's right. I would agree with that. So, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'll that take a, that. What a what a DM response from Mark, huh? When I just throw it out there. Yeah, that is very I mean, good. Yeah. I mean, he covered like every. Uh, I just asked one question. He gave me all all that. So uh, uh, very good job by him. I guess I didn't tell him technically it was on the record, but he didn't say anything that was that uh, inflammatory. So I think it's okay. So, yeah, I think that's one of the better scouting reports of Zach Brown I've uh, seen anywhere. That's very good. Yeah, that that is a little bit different than what's sort of been going around. Like the expectation for some people has been that he will just sort of step in as the base Mike linebacker. And that could be the case. And that could still be the case. Yeah. Yeah. but maybe it's not so cut and dried. Yeah, I think that I think that's right. Is your uh, guess if you know water gun to your head right now? Is he is he with Nigel Bradham and uh, Nickel, or is it Camus, or is it L.J. Fort? I was just thinking that. I don't know, and I don't know that there will be a. I mean, obviously, one guy is going to play more than the others, but I do feel like with the personnel that the Eagles have on defense right now, there could be quite a bit of mixing and matching and different personnel groupings given uh the game plan the opponent all those different types of things water gun to my head that's a tough one i really don't know what's your answer maybe you can sway me one way or the other i don't really have i don't feel strongly um either way but i do i I feel i think you're right that we will probably see more mixing and matching based on uh the situation this year than we have in the past i think that the eagles probably signed I think LJ Fort, they signed him to to play uh, in coverage. Um, you think so? I kind of feel like they just signed him for like depth. And you just think they just signed him? I don't know. I yeah. mean, my, water gun to my head, I would go Camus. Okay. Um, and as, as we've discussed, I think we both agree that they should be looking to play more dime this year with the personnel they have on absolutely. defense. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, third and uh, third six and eight, or like, yeah, yeah. six or longer. I, I have. No, why would you be putting a another linebacker out there instead right. of a six defensive back? I so, mean, who uh, would you? Right, who would you rather have on the field? I guess in this case, it would be probably Cravon LeBlanc or Camus. Like, I mean, you could have said Cravon LeBlanc or anybody, right. and I would have chosen him. So. Luke Keekley, Cravon LeBlanc. Oh, yeah, tough to argue. <laughs> um, and then the other signing, uh, Blake Countess, uh, the Countess Blake. Who um, I think you know he was he was released by the Rams, so it's not like you're expecting much. But the Eagles don't uh, have a ton of depth at safety, and if you are someone who is looking for a way to get rid of Andrew Sandejo so that the Eagles can recoup a fourth round comp pick in 2021 or 2020, sorry, um, 
then maybe Blake Countess can be your answer there. So this was a player they drafted during our hiatus. Uh, this was a player they drafted, I think, the, like the draft that was our last draft. No, I didn't, no? Co- I didn't cover this draft. No, this was 2016. Okay. Yeah, I was out. Okay, you're right. Uh, yes. You weren't, you, but he, you weren't there either. Yeah, that's what I'm... <laughs> I'm trying to remember if it was... Because I left during training camp, so I'm trying to remember if it was... Okay. But I guess not. This was, uh, yeah, but he six, didn't make the team. round of 2016. He didn't even make, make the team. Uh, okay. And then they let him go, and then he went to the Rams, and I think contributed as a kickoff returner um, and played sparingly on defense. But, I mean... Yeah, yeah, I think he was active for every game the last two years, it looks like here. Sure. Uh, Four starts in three years, so probably more of a, uh, a special teams guy, although he does have, a, I guess, a bit of a corner background, it looks like. Um, yeah, that was the, the question when, they, when he was drafted, I remember, is, is okay. he a corner or a safety? All right, so uh, he'll be competing to make the team, right? I mean, he's not guaranteed a roster spot. Certainly not. Then the okay. Eagles reworked his deal so that he's he, when he gets less money this year, but, but then there's a – I don't know what they did. Boy, Countess versus Sandejo versus, like, Trey Sullivan. That is one hell of a boring uh, <laughs> can't, can't battle if I Well, let's save that for the Rooster Crunch. <laughs> okay, sorry. All right, let's, why don't we just do that? Why don't we go to the Rooster Crunch? We'll start at, uh, at quarterback. You had a uh, story today that I have not had a chance to read yet on, on, uh, on Carson Wentz. Give us, a, give us a preview that doesn't give the whole thing away. Okay, well... You know, I figured I would write something, and I didn't know what. Looking's free, but, you know, touching's going to cost you here. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> uh, so I looked at Carson Wentz in a sort of variety of categories and uh, just looked at what we've learned about him. Uh, where was he different in 2017 than 2018? Where where should we expect some maybe positive regression? Uh, and just how can he get back to that 2017 form? Um, so let's see here. I, you know, that first part, that's not really interesting. Uh, second part. Okay. This is what I thought was kind of maybe, maybe a, let's see what you think about this. The aggressiveness, which is something we talked about last year. Do, do you think it's fair to, I kind of characterized it by the Doug Peterson and the Eagles coaches. One theme we heard from them last year with Wentz was that, you know, he's just got to let the offense work for him and, uh, you know, not kind of force a play where it's not. And uh, be patient, that type of deal. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Were you li- were you not listening or what? I there, was mostly could... listening. Okay, you weren't listening. Uh, you know the the game that comes to mind is that Panthers game. Correct. Well, we're at the end. You know that's the one example, but I do feel like we heard that from Doug Peterson quite a bit. Uh, there's the stat. It's it's an imperfect stat probably, but it's uh, next gen stats. They track that whole aggressiveness. Uh, percentage mm-hmm. where it where it's what percentage of the guys throws or when there is a defender within one yard of the receiver and uh, last year Wentz ranked 18th in that metric and in 2017 he was first um, now there are many layers to this as I wrote in the piece you know it's a good thing actually to be right to be throwing to guys who are open obviously it could mean that the scheme's working for you for example Patrick Mahomes ranked 36th in this metric so he was throwing like wide open guys uh, all the time which is ideal but the Chiefs ranked first in passing efficiency and the Eagles ranked 19th I think it was with uh with Carson Wentz last year so it's not like you know 
he was throwing to guys who were just schemed open and the passing offense was working. It seemed right. to be there there was a little bit of a hesitation to maybe give guys opportunities one-on-one, uh, to pull the trigger in tight windows, those types of deals. And so, you know, one thing that I wondered was, I think we will hear Doug Peterson continue to say this summer that, you know, Wentz needs to sort of take the throws that are there available to him, be patient. I wonder if the, if that's the right tact and whether they should be going the other way and saying, yo, Carson, you can make any throw. Uh, remember who you were in 2017. Give these guys opportunities. Cut it loose. Well, I mean, uh, and just think of like the, you know, the guys who they brought, the, you know, you drafted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Exactly. He is maybe not going to play too much this season, but that's the type of player. And, and Alshon Jeffrey and Dallas Goddard, those are the type of players who are not going to be wide open. They need to be given a chance to make a, a contested catch. Exactly. You're, you're reading the piece for me. I think I mentioned all three of those guys. Oh, there so, you go. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's a pretty big storyline, you know, this summer. Like, uh, are they focusing on that? Are they uh, urging him to give these guys opportunities to make plays, uh, that kind of thing? Don't worry about, you know, maybe potentially making a mistake, that kind of thing. Or are they preaching more of, hey, you know, go through your reads and, uh, you know, don't be afraid to take the check down, that type of deal. I mean, I don't know. There's obviously probably going to be a balance there, but he did say when we heard from him earlier this offseason, you know, he feels a lot better with his knee now than he did before. Will that maybe lead to uh, kind of a, a more aggressive thrower, uh, a more confident player? And a little bit less hurts. Yeah, you know what? I actually, now that you mentioned that, that was a section I think I meant to <laughs> include. <that laughs> I totally forgot. Was the tar- was the target distribution? Listen, it's all our, our it's our off season too. So I will uh, I will include that in a different uh, in a different post. All right, so that was one thing there. There's some uh, let's see, this part uh, wasn't all that interesting. This part wasn't okay. I think we'll that was the rest my of the piece. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Subscribe to the, the athletic. Piece. There you go. Uh, and then I mean the other the other thing at quarterback is I mean Clayton Thorson is not going to beat out Nate Sudfeld for the backup job. Um, but I also don't think that I think you maybe disagreed with this. I don't think there's any doubt that Clayton Thorson is going to be on the roster. I definitely disagree with you. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's the fifth round pick in a five player draft class. I don't think they're taking him if they don't if they don't if they're not already penciling him in for a roster spot. Especially knowing that Nate Sudfeld's an unrestricted free agent next year. Listen, I'll completely admit that my bias from losing the Duck Duck Juice mm. draft may be uh, playing a role here. It'll, you're gonna. I, I believe that you will carry that against Thor, Thorson for <laughs> oh, the rest of oh, his career. Oh, no doubt. I mean, yeah. he could be lighting it up. Yeah, he could be calling me in the Lyo Shield. You know, I've loved your work for years. It's a pleasure to. I mean, all right, that might work. Then I might ease up a little bit. But uh, Luis Luis Perez is the official <laughs> quarterback of uh, of Shield Capadia. <laughs> That's right. God bless him. Uh, I just feel like, I mean, who in the world is there? Are there is there going to be like competition to get Clayton Thorson on NFL rosters this summer? Maybe, yeah. probably not. I mean, well, but what about all those people who were texting Howie after the pick? <laughs> pick? Oh, oh, this is something I wanted to bring up. Okay. I, I, I feel like I got some juice today. Maybe it's because we glad. haven't uh, yeah. spoken in a while. He was asked about the Pac-12 players. Do you remember this, Howie? And and uh, you know, and he said something like, "Yeah, you know, they do play on the West Coast, so those guys might get overlooked a little bit." Yeah, yeah. I do remember give that. Me, I mean, give me a break. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and, 
NFL, NFL franchises who employ all these scouts and personnel people and are grinding the film and making these school visits, they're, they're paying less attention to the West Coast schools because they play late at night? <laughs> I mean, I, maybe, you know, I'll give Howie the benefit of the doubt. I think maybe he was just trying to go along with the question, and sure. I don't even remember. Maybe he means maybe was. maybe he means from like a just like a media perspective, maybe. Uh, maybe I mean, we're maybe we're just taking. I don't, I don't even think that part is true, yeah. is it? I might have to find the exact quote here, but uh, I listened. To, I, I remember listening to that and thinking, "What in the world are they talking about here?" I can't find it right now. But my favorite part it. of the Howie uh, press conference that we didn't discuss, that we forgot to discuss in the uh, day three post-game pod was, uh, you know, he opens the press conference with thanking Jeffrey Lurie and then ends it with, like, a, you know, just want to say one more time, you know, you're, you know, we're looking around the draft room and all this cool stuff we've got and, like, the, you know, the organization, the, the camaraderie we've got, and, you know, it all wouldn't be possible without Jeffrey Lurie. And you got to remember, like, there's a reason that this guy, that, that Jeffrey kept this guy around when, uh, <laughs> when, when Chip took over. So he, yeah, Howie, Howie doesn't, hasn't lasted this long by accident. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I don't think that's right. I know that's right. <laughs> I mean, this, well, you know, it, it kind of is a lesson if we have, uh, you know, if we have younger listeners, like always remember you work for someone mm. who, who determines your, uh, your fate ultimately, you know? Yeah. That's a well said. For, for example, if Chip Kelly had understood this a little bit more, but I don't know that it would have mattered. I think he definitely would have gotten to at least finish out that season. Right. <laughs> Like he didn't seem to sort of understand that there was this owner above him who determined whether he was going to have a job or not. Mm. Uh, I think Howie Roseman has understood that very, very, very well throughout his career. And uh, it's uh, it's probably a good lesson for anyone with a job who wants to keep their job. That's well said. All right. Running back as we move along in Rooster Crunch. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders top two. I think we both expect that. If he's healthy, even though he's got this mysterious injury, that Corey Clement uh, is pretty safely on the roster. And then you've got a bunch of guys competing for uh, for maybe a fourth spot, maybe a fifth spot. Wendell Smallwood, Josh Adams, Boston Scott, and Donnell Pumphrey. And then the, the Eagles have not yet announced their undrafted free agents at uh, recording time, but there's supposedly one guy from Wyoming named Nico. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, to me, I mean, to me, I think we both sort of expect that Miles Sanders will eventually emerge as the lead running back. But the most interesting thing, even though it probably shouldn't matter, is, is I guess, that fourth running back spot. And everybody knows I am fully in the tank for Boston Scott. Hmm. Didn't so, somebody mentioned, was it Howie? Somebody mentioned Boston Scott during a was it, draft was talking, press conference. Was it the uh, NFL Top 100? No, I don't. Bl- I don't believe it was the NFL <laughs> top one. A couple people had him in their top ten, I think. And let's agree to never bring that up, even in a joking <laughs> manner, ever again, please. God, I hate that thing. I remember it's uh, one of my favorite things to do. Actually, is when there's like the there's like two days during the season when the people from NFL Network come into the locker room and give yeah. the players the list, and it is so funny to watch them. Like they just finished a practice. And they're just like filling this out off the top of their head. And like, you know, I like to like look over their shoulders and it's just like, it's either like everyone in their position group or just like their buddies on the team. It's like, it's very funny. Like, remember when 
when John Kuhn was in the top 100, and it was probably just because Aaron Rodgers had him as a top 10 player or something like that. Yeah, I mean, what a joke. Again, why are we talking yeah, about fair this? Fair enough. Okay. Uh, so what's our question? You really, I don't know, water you, gun to your head, who's the fourth running back? I like Boston Scott because he can, he can return. Can he? He didn't look like he could last year when he did it, did he? He had a good one. Did he he had one it? good one. He did? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bosco. The f- Gosh. It'll probably running. be Wendell Smallwood. I think, yeah, I think I would go with Smallwood. And I think that's probably what will happen. He can do okay. everything not very well, but he can do it all. That's right. Uh, wide receiver, I, I, there's not a ton interesting here uh, because I don't even know if the Eagles are going to have to keep a sixth wide receiver. You've got Alshon Jeffrey. Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, and Mac Hollins, assuming that he is alive. Uh, and if he is, both Arcega-Whiteside and Hollins at, at four and five can, can play special teams. So it doesn't seem like you really need a sixth receiver if everybody's healthy. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I mean, Shelton Gibson, is there a reason to have him on the roster? Uh, I mean, After what you saw last year? Probably not. What's the reason? Yeah, tell me. Yeah, I mean, well, what's the what's the skill set missing from this group? How about that? I I would say it's the who's your who's your backup slot? Yeah, I, I, mean, obvi- I mean, you could throw any of those guys in there, I guess, or you know, play more twelve personnel. But I don't know. Is there a, who are who are these backups? The Greg Wards, the Braxton Millers. Yeah, people are excited about Braxton Miller, but I mean. He was on Who? the team for like the whole the practice squad for the whole season, and he never got called up. So it's not like he was impressing anybody. Maybe that's an area where you're looking at other rosters and seeing if there's a guy you kind of like uh, as a. But I guess that would be the one thing that's kind of missing. And well, then the other one would be, I guess, if you're looking for your backup to your vertical threat, does right. that give Shelton Gibson sort of a opportunity? Though those would be the two things. I mean, Alshon. Jeffrey and Arcega Whiteside, they have the same skill set theoretically. I you know, I would put Matt Collins is probably a little little bit different, but probably in that same mold. So you have that. So yeah, it would either be if you see a speedy guy who you like, or if you see sort of a shifty slot that you like, I, I would think those would be the two areas that maybe uh you could look. But I, I would agree with you. I don't I don't see a big need to keep a sixth wide receiver. All right, at tight end, uh, I think there's really only one question. Will tie. Because <laughs> his name's a question? You get, you get it? I mean, I could have I sat here all day. <laughs> uh, there are no questions here. I mean, it's, it's do, they, do they feel like they need to keep Josh Perkins as a fourth tight end again? Which, I mean, boy, that's the kind of conversation that's going to get people excited about this segment <laughs> of the podcast. Is Richard Rodgers better than Josh Perkins? Are we sure about? Are we sure about that? I'm pretty sure. I mean, if okay. you want to say that that's the that's the fight, Rodgers versus Perk for for number three. But I mean, I'm, phil- I'm, all, I'm all ears. Yeah, philosophically, I don't uh, believe in forming opinions on uh, <laughs> third tight ends, but uh, I don't think it's crazy. Okay, wouldn't wouldn't shock me if if the Perk man, uh, although he's coming off, oh, what was that injury? I don't know. What? Foot leg. It was. Something. I only asked because he was walking around like it looked kind of bad in the like. Like I don't know. He was on crutches or had a big brace on or something. So um, anyway, why are we talking about yeah, this? Continue. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, all right, offensive line uh, is one of the few places where there is a, sort of a glaring hole on the roster right now, depth-wise, I think. Um, you've got Jason Peters, Lane Johnson, Andre Dillard, Big V, Jordan Mailata at tackle, Brandon Brooks, whatever his uh, time frame for returning is, Isaac Sayamalo, and Jason Kelsey. And, you know, Matt Pryor is, is there, and theoretically, you know, my expectation is he will get the, right, the first-team right guard reps. Uh, unless they're ready to just move Andre Dillard there, um, but they have nobody. What? They have no like backup interior offensive lineman, and I know that Isaac Simalo can play center, but uh, they need someone else who can play center, and so they've got three undrafted uh, guys who are all like sort of the better ones of their undrafted guys. Ryan Bates from Penn State, this guy Nate Herbig from Stanford, who is enormous, and uh, Josea Opeta. From Weber State, and none of them played center in college. I think Ryan Bates did a little bit when he was a uh, redshirt player, like in practice. But they, so they, they have nobody there, which is interesting. That's the one place where I would expect if they're going to add any uh, veteran of any kind of significance, that's where it would be. Where do you think Vitae is going to be lining up? That's a good question. Do you think he can play guard? I mean, I don't know. How am I supposed to know? <laughs> I don't know. You probably text <laughs> Jeff Statland. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just, I mean, he, if he's going to fit in somewhere, if you're going to cross-train people, maybe. Mm. This guy you mentioned, though, the what was it, the Weber State guy? Yes. Did you mention? Uh, so he got a very nice uh, contract. His contract included 80000 guaranteed. And a $25,000 signing bonus. Great uh, athlete. He was the fourth highest spark offensive lineman. um, Right behind Andre Dillard. So he's one of the undrafted guys I have my eye on a little bit. Yes, I think think, uh, the undrafted guys to pay attention to are those three. And then TJ Edwards at at linebacker, who we can get to. But um, Opeta was a left tackle for three years in college. He played defensive tackle. At the start of his career, uh, you know, the book is that he is sort of like the, uh, you know, the like the Mo Harkless or something like that. He's got uh, he's got good tools, but he's extremely raw. The Mo Harkless. Wow. I don't know, because I, I was trying to That's... think today of who, who like who the best embodiment of that is. I don't know if that was the right answer, but. I mean, all I ever think of when I hear Mo Harkless is how they, you know, they would do the the song parody of. How could you be Mo Harkless? Mm. That is so heartless. Mine was uh, There Goes Bamiro. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot, lot of ace balls in the air for this uh, this position, I guess you would say. Vitae, we don't know what they're going to do with him. Dillard, is he going to uh, cross-train and guard? Uh, Pryor, how much do they believe in him at guard? These undrafted guys. And then I would agree with you that, well, I guess it depends on how much progress these guys make. But, uh, you know, at some point you would probably add a veteran guard. Would you look into uh, bringing your boy back? Big Wiz? Big Wiz. Yeah, I think without question. Okay. I mean, if, he, if, they, uh, if they're willing to have him back in the locker room, then I think, I think he makes all, all kinds of sense. You think it would get back to him how Kelsey kind of crushed him during that? Uh... Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it was mean spirited, but no, uh, what he is no. referring to is uh, 
Kelsey said, you know, people think we were a drop pass. The Alshon Jeffrey dropped pass away from beating the Saints. He thinks we were a, our right guard away <laughs> from winning the game. But I think that was meant more as a compliment to Brandon Brooks, probably, of than course. a slide on. That. I mean, listen, Wiz isn't on the team right now, so he doesn't have to worry about his feelings, yeah. potentially. He wasn't looking ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I do think that is I do think that is an interesting like I'm cur- this this is a this is as like nerdy a thing to say as possible, but I'm curious to see uh which like during the rookie camp this weekend who is going to be getting the center reps. Okay. Like, is it Ryan Bates? Uh because I think Ooh. that that's he's the Penn State guy. Oh, uh, okay. Um <laughs> I mean, believe me. <laughs> Who shows up to this rookie? Do any what bets show up to the rookie camp? That's a good question. Any? I don't. I don't really think so, unless they need numbers. But then they have the well, tryout guys. I actually don't think even like, like I don't even know if a Joe Ostman is at this camp. Okay. Well, I remember back in the day, uh, <laughs> Moses uh, Foku. Foku loved him. One of my favorites. Mo, afterwards, Mo, why do you think it was important to uh, show up to this? Well, they told me to. <laughs> He's like, he's like they, they basically told me to come to this. So that's why, poor guy. There were like three vets at the whole thing. Right. He was well. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed a Mo Mo, Mo Foku. Uh, big Foku fan. Do you remember his number? I remember his number for some reason. Was he fifty three? It was. Yeah. God, we, bo- we once this, did a uh, we once did a uh, piece of content for PhiladelphiaEagles dot com. Where we watched, because uh, he was from Cameroon, we watched the Cameroon uh, World Cup game at the Novacare Auditorium together. Oh, that sounds fun. And yeah. he was enjoyable during that? He was. Okay. Uh, all right. Defensive end. The other, the, this is where I would say they have the most glaring hole at the top of the roster. Mm. Uh, you've got Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett. Chris Long is technically on the roster, but it does not sound like he will be back anytime soon, if he is indeed at all. Uh, Vinny Curry, Sharif Miller, the fourth-round pick, Josh Schwett, Deshaun Hall, and everybody's favorite, Joe Ostman. They're really talking up Joe Ostman, huh? They really are. He re- you know what's funny is that I was looking back at my, um, my piece last year on the undrafted rookies, and I said Joe Ostman's best-case scenario was uh, Stephen Means, and that's precisely how it's turned out. Mm. I, I've been doing some... Uh, You're doing some Osman research. Um, I've been looking around the league a little bit. Okay. At, uh, specifically at the other NFC teams. Uh, it sounds like Stephen Means is like a legit role player or, or is gonna in line to be a legit I'm role player I'm pretty sure that he Falcons. was like doing the same thing last year for them as he did with the Eagles. Like He was not really playing. Yeah, but I, it's, it sounds like... Oh, this well, is finally going to be the year? No, I mean, I think they lost guys, and they're very thin. Okay. But I don't know. Maybe. All right. We'll see. You're means such, business. You, don't be mean to Stephen Means. I love Stephen Means. He's one of my favorites. Let's, we've, we've discussed this so many times, but let's sure. just hash it out one more time. Do you have a grasp of why Chris Long does not want to play on the mm. 2019 Eagles? No. I mean, and I know that he does a lot of explaining about it, but uh, I'm still conf- I'm like still pretty confused he about sa- it. Well, yeah, I mean, he says that something like they told him that his role would be different, but I mean, you look at the roster; he's good. He if he comes back, he would have a big role. 
He would be very similar to the role he's had the last two years. Yes. I mean, he is the... If we if we agree that, like, you know, on, on a third and long, Chris Long is a better outside pass rusher, like pure outside rusher than Brandon Graham is, right? He is... He uh, is I don't know if I totally agree with that. Okay. Well, I, I, I mean, I sort of feel that way. Uh, okay. And if that's the case, he's the second best guy after Derek Barnett. Well, like he's going to play a lot, and presumably, like you're slotting Brandon Graham inside anyway. And and if if Chris Long doesn't come back, this is the thing that I've been thinking about: is that like you don't really have the uh, like why are you why would you move Brandon Graham inside on third down now? There's nobody to replace him. Who there's no one who can be as good as he can be on the outside. Well, is it possible that they don't plan on moving Brandon Graham? to the inside on third down, and they feel like Malik Jackson is the guy they've been looking for to do that. Right. Brandon Graham would stay at defensive end, and that is why Chris Long feels like he will be getting fewer snaps. That's possible. And then maybe it's like a maybe it's like an if Jernigan's healthy, he can play he can play on early downs and Malik Jackson is sort of your designated uh pass yes. rusher. That's possible. That's the only reason you know But I don't I'm know looking... like does that sound better to you? But even then, I mean, you know it's not like, uh, you know, they rotate. It's right. not they, like these Grimm are... and Barnett are going to be out there exactly. every single passing down. So it's, uh, you know, I could see, uh, I could definitely see him playing fewer snaps if that is their plan of Malik Jackson uh, playing inside along Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett on the outside. And that's kind of your majority of your, uh, you know, Nick sub package. Uh, pass rush lineup is going to be that. So I could see that. It just doesn't seem like a, a significant enough of a drop to warrant, like, I'm, I, I don't want to come back because my role is going to be diminished. Like, I you're agree. still like you're still going to be playing. Uh, you know, what are the odds that all those guys I just mentioned stay healthy the whole year? Uh, very slim. Well, and that's what so he has said, right, is that he has sort of left out the uh, the possibility of someone who gets hurt, I'm willing to come back. Right, but I mean, it doesn't even need to be like a season-ending injury. Like, you know, a guy could miss two games here. And right. Because in, in the scenario we just painted, it's not just the DNs getting injured. It's, hey, if Malik Jackson misses three games, well, then all of a sudden, yeah, you're probably swinging Brandon Graham inside more. And then there is a op- bigger opportunity for Chris Long on the outside or, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, I don't totally get it. It seems weird that it they told him. fully add up. I agree with that. It, uh, it would be much more clear to me if he just said, you know what? I've played a lot of football. Uh, right. I have other interests. I'm just not sure I'm feeling it. And so I told them to move on and we'll see like that. I could totally buy, uh, you know, but he's been very steadfast in this about it has to do with his role and it's not about money. And, you know, I, I, you know, I can buy that. It's not about money. The guy's made so much money and he donated a full year salary. And, you know, he, again, he has other interests. Um, he's not going to be struggling there. Regardless, I know there's always kind of that pride thing that you want to be compensated, but I, you know, I honestly doesn't feel like that's the deal with him. And you know, it's there's been no reports that they're asking him like take a pay cut. It's the contract that he agreed to before last season that was a two-year commitment, and so uh, it just leaves me still a little bit confused about it. And it it does leaves me wondering about maybe this is like much ado about nothing, and like August 24th is going to roll around. And he's just going to be back on the team. Yeah. I don't know. That wouldn't really surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Okay. But you are right. For now, he's not on the team. 
So what's your level of worry, your level of concern for the Eagles' defensive line? It's definitely not as good. It's not as deep, specifically on the edge. You know, I think you're you're even on the interior. I mean, Michael Bennett was taking over possessions at a time last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know that Malik Jackson is going to be able to do that. We'll see what they get from him. So uh, I do have a level of concern. I think you're going to see a a bit of a drop-off. I think I look at it, it's still an above-average unit. I'm probably more bullish on Derek Barnett than most if he is healthy, which he has to uh, prove. But, you know, I kind of felt like he was in store for a leap uh, last year. Speaking of which, this uh, nicely sets up the Kapadia Solak rivalry. Yeah, I mean, coming at me with the young man, old man insult. I mean, I mean, come on. Guy's a child. <laughs> What's the now? I did do that. I did get some good feedback. So for those, who, I'm sure most of you did not see this. I don't. Uh, I don't have the ego to think you're checking every one of my <laughs> tweet, tweets around the clock. So uh, I tweeted yesterday. I needed some help. I really wanted to stay up for the Warriors Rockets game, and uh, I've been watching a lot of NBA playoffs. Really enjoying them. Um, uh, but it's just not possible on like my normal schedule. I'm falling asleep on the couch. So my question was, when do I have that second coffee? I have a coffee in the morning. You know, a lot of times I'll have a nice afternoon one around one or two. But that didn't do the trick because, I mean, these games aren't starting until 1030. So there's no uh, caffeine in my system at that time. So I threw the question out there. I saw a lot of when responses do- that included the word or the phrase half-life. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of knowledge. I, I knowledgeable people out yeah. there. The most common recommendation I got was to drink that coffee around uh, seven o'clock. Okay. And my concern was I needed to keep me up for the game, but also allow me to fall asleep right after the game. I did do it between six thirty and seven. It worked very well. Nice. Yeah, I stayed up for the game. I wasn't, you know, I was wow, yawning. Successful a successful uh, crowdsourcing story. Yeah, outstanding job by uh, by the followers. Uh, I was yawning a little bit in the fourth quarter, but not to the point where, you know, like my eyes yeah, were closing. exactly what you want. Exactly what I want. And then I didn't have much trouble falling asleep after that. So now I have to decide if I'm going to do that again today. I, I think I might try it again tonight for a little Blazers Nuggets. Okay. You think it the, si- you think the it Sixers are going to win? To the level. It doesn't rise to the level of... Uh, these Warriors Rockets games, I feel like have been wildly sure. entertaining, uh, but still enjoy it. Do I think the Sixers are going to win? Uh, I do not. I think they are going to win. Really? Okay. Yes. And then losing Game Seven I or winning? I think they're going to win the series. Really? Oh, I like this. That's outstanding. Any uh, just a gut feel or anything beyond that? I think they have sort of uh, uh, like the. Pop psychology of them has been uh, anytime that like anyone thinks they're doing well, they underperform. But then when when they finally uh, are are discounted, that's when they play well. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. I mean, hmm. I mean, I know not going against so. the grain. Yeah, that's good. Going against the grain. All right. Uh, all right. This is the question that you have been waiting, I would say, your whole life to answer. Trayvon Hester versus Hassan Ridgeway, where do you stand? I'm a Hester man. Mm. Me too. I really don't. I, the more the more I think about that Hassan Ridgeway trade, I I just don't like it. I know it was a seventh round pick, but it's a guy on the final year of his rookie deal, and he's probably not very good. They could have got him for nothing. I mean, they did get him for nothing, but 
the upside of an actual seventh round pick, you, you, you could have someone for four years. Bryce Brown. Bryce Brown, Jordan Malata. I, I would agree with you. Yeah, you're right. And to your credit, you didn't like that trail. I mean, I was totally zoned out in the draft by that. Yeah, you were thrilled. Like, yeah, I'm like, stop, talk, like, stop talking to me. Who cares? And uh, you were like, yo, what is this trade? <laughs> you, you were like fired up right I away. Like, did, what, did not what, like are they do, what are they doing about this? Uh, so now the time has passed. I think I, I would agree with you. My philosophy, if I were... Uh, running a draft room for the sixth and seventh round picks, maybe in a, even a fifth rounder, take the home run swings. Yeah. You know, big upside, maybe a hit on one every, uh, I don't even know what a good rate would be. I mean, Jalen Mills. Three years. Yeah, you're right. Actually, now that you mention it, I mean, if any franchise. Well, uh, Howie's track record in the seventh round is like versus the rest of the league is better than any other round. Wow, Jalen Mills, Jordan Mailata, yeah, these are the last few years. What are you doing? Bo Allen. Bo wow. <laughs> They've got legit players. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. Why did they do that? That's my point. <laughs> oh, you should I would have loved to see their face if you just opened that press conference <laughs> question about killing them for that trade. <laughs> yeah, um, that would have been good. By the way, can you have you been paying attention to what's going on in Chicago? Uh, it's like the with like them them bringing in all those kickers and oh, uh, you know having and them the, kick and from they the all same distance as Parky. Sort of. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I think that's the extent of it. Like okay. They, they they brought in I think it was eight kickers. And how long was that kick that Parky missed? Forty three. Forty three. And like I guess uh, Matt Nagy like lined them up at the end of practice and had every one of them kick it like from forty three. And I, I don't know what the point was supposed to be, but I guess six of them missed it. Yeah. And, and then they then they trade for this kicker from the Raiders. I mean, I had two thoughts. Like, one, this is right in your wheelhouse to, like, I feel like crush them for what are they doing here. Yeah, I mean, but, it's, it's crazy that they are so preoccupied with this. Yes, this seems like a terrible sign. It's, like, what are you? It's a terrible what sign. You, what in the world are you doing? Right. Like, why? Like, this made, like, Peter King's column on Monday. Like, why are you bringing Just sign two to kickers and let, them, <laughs> and let them battle it out. That feels like, uh, I mean, I got to do a little more research, but that feels like a regression team to me. Oh, uh, I totally agree. The Bears, but I, I don't know. Does like Trayvon Hester not get any credit for getting his finger on that ball? No, I think he does or, get credit. He also played okay. Parkey, like Cody Parkey gets some relief for the, the kick oh, getting true. blocked. Yes. I mean, I don't know. It seems like they're not really going about this. What I would consider the uh, no, yeah, I mean they they are completely on tilt about the about the entire thing. Like crazy. I don't know if it's a I don't know if it's a Ryan Pace thing or a Matt Nagy led thing. I mean, it sounds like a Nagy thing, but like that does not sound like the um, you know uh, move on to the next play type of mentality. I totally agree. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, like our uh, Bears writers, you know, following them on Twitter, like. It's like every every day. It's like it felt like it was something with the kickers. This is just the biggest storyline there. But anyway, okay. All right, uh, linebacker. Uh, so we sort of already talked about this: Nigel Bradham, Zach Brown, Camus, L.J. Fort, Nate Gary, and then you know, will there be a sixth linebacker? Is Paul Warlow someone that you need to care about? Uh, T.J. Edwards. The answer is no. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Uh, T.J. <laughs> Edwards. Uh, I think is I think if there's going to be a six linebacker, it would probably be him. I think he also got a, a pretty substantial uh, signing bonus. What's his deal? He's he's got a little bit of juice, right? 
Got a little bit of juice. Uh, you know, it was talked about as a potential sort of fifth-round pick. Four, okay. Four-year starter at Wisconsin, middle linebacker. Uh, touch undersized. Uh, good hands. I think he had like ten picks in his four, in his four years. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I think he's not like, you know, you know, some stud coverage player, but, but good hands at least. I mean, my expectations are that he is a, uh, a Wisconsin middle linebacker who should be good on special teams. Well... You need those guys. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, that cool. does sound like the perfect, like, TJ Edwards, linebacker, Wisconsin. Correct. Like that all fits, yeah. Correct. Okay. Um, corner. I mean, this the is o- interesting. it's interesting. It's not interesting from, like, a roster spot right. uh, standpoint, unless you think that there's a chance they trade somebody, which I do think is possible. Um but it's interesting of who's going to line up where, you know, when the first team defense is on the field. Who's most likely to get traded, Sidney Jones? I believe Sidney Jones is the most likely to get traded, yeah. Or Rasul. Those, oh, those are the two, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say Sidney Jones probably number one. Okay. We'll see. We'll see where everybody lines up. And what's your uh, guess for the first team, for, for the, the nickel defense in week one? Oh, in week one. Okay, so not the start of training camp. Yeah. The nickel. Oh, my gosh. Let's see. I will say Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills, Avante Maddox, Malcolm Jenkins, Rodney McLeod. It's kind of that's the, that's chalk, I guess. Yeah, but I agree with that. Maybe Cravon comes yeah. in with a little dime Same action. Dime, yeah, that's uh, that's like Sidney Jones has no role. Rasul's a little bit of the odd man out there. I guess yeah. he's your depth guy, but um, which is fine if if you know, especially with Darby. Like you're, Douglas is probably going to have to play at some point. Right. Hey, he might. I don't know if he'll be thrilled with that. You know, he, he definitely did improve at the uh, end of last year. I yeah, thought. he was a he was a good player by the end of yeah. last year. Okay. All right, and then we close it out with safety, where it's the uh, you know the main event of training camp, the the matchup for all the marbles: Trey Sullivan, Andrew Sandejo, Blake Countess, and DeAndre Hall. Who well, comes before out that, before that, uh, we should probably discuss the Jeff McLean report from the Enquirer. What was that? I don't think I've seen it. Oh, you didn't see? Okay, uh, Malcolm Jenkins not showing has not been at the offseason program. Oh. I think I knew that. I didn't know that it was a McLean report. Yeah, yeah. So he, he reported, and, and uh, it, he and didn't it, and say. And it's because he wants uh, a pay bump? Did not say that definitively, but sort okay. of inferred that a uh, little bit, which, you know, it is voluntary, but everybody shows up. I mean, they're tweeting out these pictures. So if Deshaun Jackson's there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone, I would I mean, I don't just... think there's any, like, like I am, I am uh, extremely, like, they're voluntary, so they don't have to be there. But it yeah. is uh, it is worth noting if it's a player who like has been there in the past and yes. is not there now, um, and that is the case for Malcolm Jenkins. And I think it said he's working out like on his own in the area, so mm-hmm. you know he's not he's not like traveling or right. there's no family situation. You know, as far as we know. I mean, this is probably his last chance to get a a new contract. Yeah. So I don't blame him. It's uh, he re- yeah. You re- the player really doesn't have a ton of leverage in this situation. Go get you know? that bread. 
you start missing stuff and then you, you know, you get fined and you he's under contract and all those things at the same time. Uh, you know, this is the guy who is sort of yeah. epitomized like everything you want from your team and been a leader and all that. So, uh, I, I am a little bit fascinated to see anyway. And we know he's not afraid to, you know, I don't think he'll lie about why he was gone when, you know, when he, he'll, he'll, he'll show up and explain exactly why he didn't come to the, uh, spring stuff, I would imagine. And, um, you know, he'll, he'll talk about what he wants and what he thinks he deserves and all that. So, uh, you know, they had, they don't have a lot of other drama sort of, as far as I can tell, it's, it's kind of like Wentz's injury. And, uh, now this might be like, in terms of the drama, potential controversy type storyline, maybe, maybe this is, uh, up there with that. There's not a lot of other things I can really think of. I would say the uh, the wide receiver room, okay, as we've talked about, has some potential for dysfunction. That's true. You're right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get to getting a bird in edgewise. You put out Wait, the what call. Was, what was what was your initial? You had a question at the beginning of that. Who's going to be what the the? Uh, what'd yeah, you say? I mean, who's going to come out of that alive? I guess. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? We've reached the end of this exercise. <laughs> Well, they should get rid of Sendejo eventually, I mean, to to get back that comp pick, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like they should. I mean, they shouldn't have signed him in the first place. Correct. Okay. All right. Who cares? All right. Uh, speaking of that exercise, question from N.R. Garrett. What positional group is of the biggest concern this upcoming season? I would say defensive end. Of the biggest concern, it's not that, it's not that. Hmm. Could probably talk me into a. You, you could maybe talk me into a guard. Yeah. Or a running back, but I would. Uh, not running back. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. Yeah, positional value, I would say defensive end. Why? Which isn't even which isn't even starting defensive end, which I guess that's a correct pretty good. Pretty I mean, good yeah, sign. I mean that's that's the other it's a good roster. Is, the other it's a roster. Is it's a very good roster. Uh, I yeah. Mean, I think it's it's a stronger roster than it was this time last year. I would, I feel like I would need to look position by position, but uh, I would agree with you uh, yeah, instinctually. Uh, this is a uh, this is. Let me read this question. The Eagles told Chris Long that his role from last year, uh, second line DE, forty percent of the snaps before injuries, wouldn't be available this season. So who's taking that job? Good on the team for being so forthright, but pretty bold toward Sweat slash Miller, those snaps this early, no? So I guess that's that's what we talked about. That's really more of a maybe Maybe Malik Jackson is the answer there. But I don't think Sweat or Miller are the answer. I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. Miller. I don't think Sweat's going to be on the team. Like, I I would be surprised. <laughs> What's the, the, I love this. This is really good for you to continue lobbing shots. Across so what? So X, uh, what is what is his stance with Josh Sweat? Basically, he loves Josh Sweat and thinks that Derek Barnett is not good. What? <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't even aware of this take. Yeah, I mean, it's an oh. it's insane take. Oh, all right. He's also like 13 years old. So how mad can I, you really get? I know we have some crossover uh, listeners. Uh, someone get the word back to Solak. You know any type of bet involving Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat, I am a, I am like a hundred percent in on. Uh, you know I'll, I'll let him uh, come at me with the terms of that. You know he can buy me some uh, old man gear or, or something, and uh, you know you can buy him like some uh, some I'll sugar buy him candies his, like 
about this one? Uh, I'll buy him. I'll buy him his first. I'll buy him his first razor when he's ready to shave. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right. So I, can, I look forward to working can, that you out. Can teach him about the birds and the bees. Ahead. Okay. Um. <laughs> Uh, Matt Walsh, does Darren Sproles come back for one more year, and will the Eagles make room for him on the roster? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so tired of this. Uh, I, do, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think I, so either. I think, I think that... It, it, I mean, I, I wouldn't completely rule it out because I know... It's possible. It feels like, feels like Doug wants him, probably, until, like, Darren Sproles can't walk anymore. Peterson wants him on the roster, but... Uh, I feel like somebody probably has to put their foot down and say, eh, well, it's, uh, that, that, that ship has sailed. This is an interesting question from Tim Westcott. I'll be the judge of that. In trading up for a non-quarterback who needs coaching for his run blocking, the Eagles okay. violated three of your seven rules for good drafting, and you gave them a B. Do you okay. want to modify either your rules or your grade? That is a good question. I wanted to get back to him on this because I don't think uh, – you know, there there are other reporters out there who would duck that question, and sure. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, you know, with the I think you brought this up right after I put out my draft rules, mm-hmm. and you said, you know, you would trade up for another premium position like offensive tackle or defensive end. Right, I think I did say that. I think I probably should have modified it in terms of I actually don't totally agree with that. I would not take a big swing at those positions and give up a lot. You're right. But, I mean, this is a very moderate trade up. Yeah. So I think that is my distinction there uh, is that, you know, they gave up a fourth and a sixth round pick. I, I should have clarified that in my rules. I, you know, I You're don't see that. You're talking about a, a Marcus Davenport. Yes. Move up. Right. Yes. yes. I am. And then what was the, you know, the run blocking thing? I, I actually think that's like completely overrated. I mean, first of all, I would much rather have a guy who's like the elite pass blocker and, I, you know, I, I think one of my rules was don't overrate your coaching staff. Mm-hmm. That was more towards, you know, hey, we're getting this gadget guy. and or, or, you know, it didn't work. This wide receiver wasn't productive in college. But, man, when we get our hands on him, he's going to be amazing, that type of thing. That was, you know, no player comes in perfect. Everybody has a weakness. And it's like you have one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL. You have a, a pick who, who is very good at pass blocking. Run blocking is secondary. Anyway, so I actually don't think that one really fits. And, and what was the third one that I violated? Um, I don't know. Okay. I would have to go back and look at the rules. Okay. Okay. Uh, a pair of questions here. Who is the most likely source of unexpected regression, and who is the most likely source of unexpected success? Oh, that's a good one. Unexpected regression. So this would have to be someone who played very well last year, right? Mm-hmm. So who would the options be? It would be, let, let me go through the offense. Kelsey, Brooks, Ertz. Uh, go to the defensive side of the ball. They don't have Bennett anymore. Cox. Uh, I guess if Long were to come back, you could probably throw him in there. Linebackers, nobody really played well. Cornerback is probably a good one to look at. Who would the uh, Cravon? Well, we're talking unexpected here, right? Unexpected regression? I think the two people who jump to mind to me are, uh, unfortunately, Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, I mean, you're talking about guys who... 
unexpected regression. You're talking about a guy who could just sort of hit the cliff uh, of aging and, and not be the same. Uh, I, I think Malcolm Jenkins is like the kind of player who should be able to age well, uh, but he's also been like insanely healthy. So it could be more of like a health regression for him. Okay. Um, and then the other one is, uh, is Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, he is also, he's also getting a little bit older and I'm not so sure that he's the type of player who, uh, whose game will, will stay at a high level once he, uh, loses half a step. Hmm. Okay. It's a good one. Hmm. I don't know. Is, is like Craven LeBlanc a bad, bad answer? I mean, I yeah, would never I mean, do that to the guy. The guy was released but... last year. Okay. Like, all right. Twice. Well, we talk about him like he's an yeah. old pal. Uh, let's see. I mean, on the offensive line, you could see it in yes. really with anybody. I mean, Brooks coming off the injury. Sure. He could look like a totally different Lane guy. Lane Johnson's a good one. Lane Johnson, Kelsey, Peters, definitely. I mean, Peters was solid when he was on the field last year. He could be both injured and not very good this year. That wouldn't be shocking. Mm -hmm. So uh, those are the names that come to mind, I guess. And then unexpected. Who what was the other questions? A guy Unex who could yeah, most surprise. likely source of unexpected success. Or yeah, I, unexpected mean, I, I think success. probably you're thinking like the uh, Nelson Aguilar two years ago, Isaac Ciamalu last year type thing. Okay. So who uh, stunk last year and could be good? Well, I don't know if this fits. Could could like Camus Grugier Hill emerge as like a really good linebacker? I think that's possible. Yeah, it's possible. I think that's a good one. Um, I guess if you're fitting the mold of what you said, Sidney Jones would be the guy, right? Sidney Jones would. Yeah, you're right. I don't think that you know. I'm not sort of bullish on that happening, but. Uh, I think he would be the, the guy who came to mind to me for it was actually Jalen Mills. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. But, yeah, All I right. mean you're, you're right that Sidney Jones is like the, that's the uh, he's the guy the everyone's down there. sort of yeah. down on or you know he's got to do it kind of deal. Uh, let's see some of these things we've already discussed. Uh, will the Eagles go sixteen and zero or only fifteen and one because they'll rest the starters? <laughs> They do have a lot of things going for them. There are a couple questions about uh, the Eagles. Should they be in a hurry to sign the Carson Wentz extension before the Cowboys sign Dak? How do you feel about that? Well, uh, Howie Roseman has been pretty honest. with he, he would like to get it done because he knows the price is only going to go up. So it sounds like from a team perspective, whether it's the other quarterbacks or whatever, uh, you know, it feels like they're committed to Wentz and would rather do the deal. And at least that's what they're sort of saying publicly. I don't know. Maybe that's just a, what they're saying. But I don't know. The DAC, I haven't followed the DAC stuff that closely. It seems like they've kind of changed their tune, right, a little bit with them. Yeah, I guess uh, Jerry Jones said something like their discussions are going well, better than they're going with Amari Cooper. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, yeah, I mean, the the... The Prescott contract would be the floor of what Wentz would be looking for, and he would, you know, he would be looking for something definitely right. more more than that. So uh, I could see that a little bit. Peckness migrate uh, the eagle. These three uniform choices for the Eagles: all black, all white, or the black shirt, green pants combo they wore in the 2004 season finale. Uh, let's see. All black, all white, or what was the last one? 
uh, green or black shirt, green pants. Kind of like the all whites would probably be my uh, nest. I feel. Uh, I would nest the all blacks. The all really? whites just make it feel like a preseason game to me. Okay. I mean, I really don't. I have like no opinion on okay. this. You want to just take this one? Sure. Uh, <laughs> nest the all blacks. Uh, pack the all whites and migrate the other one. Okay. From Tawana, if uh, Carson Wentz was sick slash injured like Joel Embiid in the playoffs and had lousy body language when coming off the field, would fans A, turn off the TV and watch some Nick Foles highlights, B, go protest at Novacare, C, call out Doug Peterson, or D, admit Donovan McNabb was right? Oh, that's interesting. Well, the, the Eagles fan base would definitely be harsher, I feel like, than what we've... Yes, for sure. I know there's probably been some of the Embiid criticism, but yeah, that, I, I don't think that that would uh, that would not play well. Yeah, I agree. Watch Nick Foles highlights, probably. All right. I don't really have any more questions. So we have a, a Ross Cohen uh, who wants a Brad Rutter opinion breakdown on the new Jeopardy guy. Yeah, we uh, should probably do that at we, some point. We can reach out to him, but uh, I got to tell you. This guy, the press. This guy's getting the guy. Give I me mean, a break. can we break? Can we can we take it easy with this guy? Like best of all time talk. He's I mean, beating, I, he's beating nothing but Joe's off the street. Like, let's see what happens when he plays against some real competition. This is the best thing that could have happened to Rudder, though. I would say <laughs> yeah, he needed right. this at this stage in his career. That's I mean, true. This is like this is like the Rocky. Uh, like, yeah, it's like the, he's he's beaten on all. He's he's destroyed all challengers. <laughs> Now this this new guy comes along and gets the hot press. Like Rudder, it's gonna be like, oh my god, I gotta come out of retirement again. But it's all it's all I'm picturing. It's like a montage of him with flashcards across Los Angeles, you know, hitting up these underground tri- trivia nights and just like, you know, taking it to another level. What's the that capital we- of Estonia? Yeah. Yeah. All these how different, long, yeah. How long do we have to wait for that to, you know? The head-to-head. It's probably going to have to be a while. Hmm. Okay. But, I mean, I, I don't even need to see it because I already know how it would turn out. Uh, okay. That that will already be the greatest sporting event of my life. I would I, love to see. I would love to see him just sort of, you know, cut down to size. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, okay. not. I don't even need, like, I mean, let's be let's be honest. We don't need uh, we don't need Brad to take him down. I'm happy to see Larissa take him down. Anybody, just you know, one shot between the eyes. Larissa Larissa takes him out like that. I mean, the rules were the rules were different during Rudder's heyday. And of course, yeah. you put him in today's game. Oh give God. me a break. Give me a with break with these with these corner threes and no hand checking. And these easy final Jeopardy questions. Come on. Come on. Give me a break. Give me a break. It's a joke. Yeah. We do need. Yeah, we need to launch some kind of campaign about guys this. a poser. It's reached. Uh, it's reached unbearable limits as far as I'm concerned. I agree. All right. Well, that'll do it for uh, for this episode of of Birds with Friends. Sheila, you'll be uh, paying uh, very close attention to rookie camp. You're going to be charting uh, completions for Clayton Thorson. Mm, I don't know. What should I do? It would be funny if you were like, just charting him <laughs> just to crush him. <laughs> yeah. Well. Maybe 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 you've given me a uh, something to focus on here. I don't know. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll probably talk again at some point next week. We'll see about that. Yeah. We'll see. 
All right. Thanks for listening. And as always, we love you.